it is going to be fourth and goal from the one-yard line to try to take the lead in the Pac-12 championship game. Scarlett, no, sir! Wosu, Stonewall! Welcome to the USC Overtime Podcast. USC is your Pac-12 champion, 31-28 over Stanford. The first Pac-12 championship for USC since there was a Pac-12. Ends a eight-year, yeah, eight-year conference championship drought. I'm your host, Zach Helfand with the Los Angeles Times, here with the great Bill Plaschke. Bill, it seemed to me like it was kind of the story of the season. They played, they had more talent. Uh, they were leading for a lot of the game. It was very close, and they had to pull it out at the end, but they won. Yeah, and it's funny. It's a story of the season, but it has a different ending, I think. The story of the season, everybody's been, well, frustration, disillusionment, disappointment. But goodness, seeing the kids celebrate down there after they pulled out this their first Pac-12 championship, and again, since there was a Pac-12, uh, they won 11 games this year. They're going to the Fiesta Bowl, probably. They're going to New Year's Six Bowl. No, they're not going to the Rose Bowl because they can't go to the Rose Bowl. It's a semifinal game. And no, they're not going to be in the CFP because they didn't have enough consistent victories. But um, I just think it was a triumph of the program. I really do. I thought t- tonight was it was closer maybe it should have been. But let's talk about the keys of the game. They had a 10-point lead, and you and, and, and they got, it got to one of the three points, and then Stanford was getting ready to score, and they had an incredible goal line stand followed by a 99-yard touchdown drive, two plays of the season. And I just think all this talk of underachievement and all this talk of disappointment, I think it needs to go out the window tonight because they were champions, they celebrated like champions, and they're going to go to a big bowl game. And I think the season was a success. I asked Clay Helton this during the week, and I asked Lynn Swan this after the game, and they both had kind of different answers. But for you, when you look at this game, was this pass-fail? Was this, if they lose this game, is the season a failure? If they win it, is it a success? Or is it a little bit more nuanced than that, do you think? Well, I think it was pass-fail. And I think talking to Lynn Swan afterward, I think it sense that it maybe it was pass-fail. Uh, I think it was, yeah, I mean, we, we were up there writing. They were, they, had, they were on the goal line, Stanford, in the fourth quarter. And they got six shots from inside the 11-yard line. And if they score and they go ahead and they hold on, it's devastation for USC. So this was a big pass fail, but they passed. And they hung in there, and they were tough. And like Clay said, they were the definition of fight on, which he said last year. He likes that. When they beat the uh, World War against Penn State. It's a good quote for us. That's a great quote for us, and we'll use it. And uh, I should have re- reminded the readers that he used it before, but he uses it all the time. So anyway, it was. Um, I just think it was pass fail, but it was a huge pass. And I think this program's going in the right direction. And I think even Sam Darnold's going to leave, but I think Ronald Jones is coming back. And again, they got a bowl game, and you know, and I guess you and I can discuss later whether Sam Darnold should even play in the bowl game or not. But I guess that's a different discussion. But yes, I thought the way they played, the way they hung in there, the way they didn't crack, I just thought it was huge. Aside from the goal line stand, uh, offensively, was uh, to me, I feel like more and more and more this season. They have been relying on Ronald Jones. Like to, when, if if you had parachuted into this game, you had been in a coma or something for the past two years. If you walked into this game, do you think 
the star of the team is Sam Darnold? Or do, you, do you think it's Ronald Jones right now? I think it was Jones was the steady of the team. Darnold was the stud. Darnold threw the ball out of the end zone, 54 yards out of the end zone. The team up three points on second down. That was huge. Darnold led him down the field. Jones scored the touchdown after the nine-yard drive. I still think it's Sam Darnold's team. But next year it'll be different. Next year it'll be it'll be Ronald Jones' team. Well, he'll be gone too, probably. Oh, you think you think he's going to? I think he's more likely to go than than Darnold. I think they're both likely to go. Really? So you think is Ronald Jones a first round draft pick? Maybe, probably borderline. Probably, I would say he's probably more of a second or third. But you're running back. You've already put a lot of of, of miles on your body, and uh, there's not really much much more. He's he's got to show. He, I mean, he had a great season. Uh, he 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 showed he could catch some passes. He showed he could block. Uh, I don't think there's much more left for him here. Well, let me ask. Tonight felt like there was you know you're on the field with me. We're on the field together. The confetti, the band. The hugs, the T-shirts, the caps—it felt like the end of a season. It felt like the end of the. It felt like the end of the Rose Bowl. So let me ask you this: I mean, I'm also bringing it up right now. Do these guys play in the Rose Bowl? I mean, do these guys play in the bowl game? Should they play in the bowl game? Last year, Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette did not play in the bowl game. Their teams both won the bowl games, and the players were drafted high and have made very lucrative careers because they avoided injury. What do you think? There, well, there's two separate questions there, I think. Should they play in the bowl game, and will they play in the bowl game? Uh, Ronald Jones already said after the game that he's going to play in the bowl game. Uh, he was asked that specifically. asked that specifically. said, oh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't go out like this. Um, I mean, go out like not sitting on the bench. Um, Sam Darnold, should he play in the Rose Bowl, or should he play in the bowl game? Um, that's a, that's a oh, good question. He, he says, and his family says, and I believe them, that they're not even deciding for <laughs> sure if he's going to stay or go until after the bowl game. Um, they said they, they had thought for a second, for, for, for a little while, that they might decide in between um, now and the, the bowl game. But they said that's, they don't think that's fair to the team and they don't think that's fair to Sam. Um, to to have to kind of do that and practice at the same time and not give his full attention to the to the game. So I think he's going to play in the bowl game because there's a chance he, there's I, I don't think he's going to come back, but they're still going to have to decide it after the bowl game. So I would expect both of them to play. Whether they should play, I don't. It's it's that's a personal decision. I guess it depends on on whether you have insurance and and your family situation. But it's tough. I mean, you're you're risking millions of dollars for for a game that doesn't yeah, really I mean, mean anything. They're they aren't getting paid. They're not getting paid to play these games. But they're going to get paid to play in about three months. So do they? It's a risky thing. Um, it's very noble and valiant to play. I would support them as a columnist in town. I would support them either way. I think, you know, it's serious. You're right. It's a personal decision. And if they want to take the risk, good for USC. If they don't, if they don't want to play, I don't blame them. I will not blame them. Again, the bar has been set last year by two very, you know, highly regarded players. And Nobody, nobody, you know, thought anything less of them. It didn't affect their draft status, didn't affect their draft pick, hasn't affected their careers. So, um, you know, the bar has been set. But I think either way, if the, I do think that, do you think this Trojan family, all this notion of Trojan family, you think that it overtakes, you don't hear a lot of talk about the LSU family or the Stanford family. You hear a lot of talk about Trojan family. Do you think that plays into the fact that these guys would stay, in, not stay in school, but stay for the game? Yeah, I think so. Especially for a guy like Sam Darnold, who um, grew up a USC fan, 
I mean, this this was his dream. In his in his room, he's got posters of USC on the wall. And you've he, been in his room. Yeah, you have yeah, been in his I've bedroom. been there, oh. and he's got a lot of posters on the wall. And uh, there there are a lot of USC. There's there's not really any NFL. You know, the, he didn't really dream of the NFL. He dreamed of playing quarterback at USC, and he's doing it. And he hasn't done it for that long. I mean, it's been two seasons, and he he could be done after two seasons and go on to the NFL and make a lot of money. But I, I don't I don't see him even really considering not playing. Um, he, he's not I could be proven wrong but I, even even if he had made a decision he was going to go I don't see him as the guy who would really that would really even be a decision for him he's playing a lot better now than he was at the beginning of the year do you agree yeah and he's got receivers Michael Pittman Jr. was unbelievable tonight Tyler Vaughn's is unbelievable I mean you know he didn't even use Burnett what happened what happened, what happened to Burnett He's just the number one option, and teams have been paying him more attention, and so Darnold's been going elsewhere. And I, I wrote about this uh, earlier in the week a little bit um, in the story I wrote on Darnold. They didn't touch on this a, a ton, but really there there isn't a, that much difference between the first part of the season and the last part of the season when Darnold statistically was pretty mediocre in the first part and then great again in the second half the the the, the two differences are he stopped turning the ball over that I mean that's big he, he's a little less reckless yeah. with the ball but really it's his receivers w- when you look at when the light switch turned on you know from from this the first half to the second Where's half Tyler, Tyler, Vaughn's, Tyler Vaughn's emerged and then in late in the season hey, Pittman's Mitchell, emerged yeah, Pittman. and uh, Mitchell's been getting healthy so now you have all of a sudden four good options and I think that's really more than any and Darnold playing any better or worse I think he, he he's just he has some weapons around him again and then I thought Darnold ran for a first down during their first touchdown draft, which I thought was huge, on fourth down. Yeah. That's yeah. been improvement. He's been more willing to, to pull it down and run when, when necessary, which is big. I just think, I mean, USC, they were ranked 10th. They'll probably get as high as, what, 6th. I mean, there's, I don't think any of us, either of us, disagree with the committee of them not being the top four team. They just haven't looked like a top four team this year, the eyeball test. They just don't pass they it. They haven't. And I think – USC fans would have a legitimate gripe if Ohio State gets in there ahead of them. Um, just because y- you look at the loss to Iowa, that was such a bad loss. And Ohio State also has been very inconsistent. But I think Ohio State's peaks have been better than USC's peaks for the most part. Um, Ohio State is inconsistent, but <laughs> more. If Ohio State beats Wisconsin, They've got more of a say than USC. They beat the they beat an undefeated right. team. Yeah. Plus, they, and they lost Oklahoma. Yeah. USC's losses. Washington yeah. State proved to be no no darn good, and Notre Dame was failing. It was fading. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but I think there there's an argument to be made that USC overall strength of schedule might very well turn out to be better than Ohio State's, but they just lack the top end wins. That they, the USC doesn't really have any any like bottom dwelling teams. Western Michigan didn't turn out to be very good, and Oregon State stinks. Yeah. But but for for a for a major conference team, they don't have a lot of bad teams on their on their record, which helps them. Um, but I, I just don't I don't see it happening. I, I'm, I don't think it it should happen. Uh, this, this isn't a playoff team. No, I mean, it's not. I've watched them all season. It'll be a fun Fiesta Bowl, and they'll play sure, yeah. a Midwestern game. Maybe they'll play Ohio State in that game. They, they very well might. If Ohio State doesn't make it, it'll probably be Ohio State USC, which would be fun. Well, that'd be really fun. Yeah. And you know what, I, I I don't know what their chances would be in a game like that. That would be a good, that would be a toss-up. Yeah. But we would see, it'll be another test for Clay Helton. And interesting tonight in the LA Times, well, you know, he uh, he told us down the field, he gave Helton, it's Lynn Swan, Swan, gave Helton, the athletic director, gave Clay Helton a huge photo conference, said nothing's going to happen to this coach, he's not going anywhere. It's amazing he's going to say that after an 11-2 and two season, for Pete's sake, but yes. 
after a Rose Bowl win and a Pac-12 championship, championship. game, yeah. two 10-win seasons in a row. It's his first two seasons, but it's a, it's a tough job. It's well-paid, but uh, no one ever said that the USC job wasn't tough. Well, I'm in Hilton's corner. I've always been, and I just think he's a great coach, and I think he's done a great job there. And, and I know they're feeling the heat for, for, the, for the Chip Kelly hire across town, but I think I'd rather have a, you know, the, the solidity of a Clay Helton, the stability of a Clay Helton, We'll see how Chip Kelly does, but Clay. You rather have a, you rather have Clay over over Chip no, Kelly? No, I would say I'd rather I would rather have. If I'm looking at the two programs right now, the U.S. and we haven't seen how Chip Kelly can do mm-hmm. right now. Oh, I take the USC pro, absolutely. Well, you because, take the program. No, because yeah. the, the I'll take the coaching right now because he's stable. He's been there. We don't know what Kelly's going to do like going back to the colleges. We don't know what he's like after coming out off the pros. We don't know if he can follow the rules. We don't know anything. We know Hilton has a Pac-12 championship and a Rose Bowl championship. Do you think? This is a little bit of a of a, a digression here, but do, do you think that Clay Helton and this coaching staff is capable of a national championship year? Like we we see that that there's consistency now, and if if they do this every year and win a Pac-12 championship or go to win the Rose Bowl, that's very successful. But do you think the peak is high enough, or do we not know yet? Well, I think that I think well, look at this year. You throw away the bad loss, Notre Dame. Everybody had a bad loss. They had. First and goal from the three at Washington State. Mm-hmm. And what, the well, that, th- that's a, that's, that means they're a playoff team. But can they beat Auburn or or Georgia or um, Clemson? Well, we asked that same thing of Pete Carroll back when I covered the Carroll era before we knew. And then they played Oklahoma and we saw. <laughs> and they played Iowa and we saw. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw uh, all that. Um, I think he probably needs help play calling. Yeah. And I think he needs to tweak the offensive uh, scheme a little bit. But I think, yes, I think he, him, with him as a leader, Absolutely, they have the they have the talent. They look at the talent. He's recruiting the talent. They're back, and uh, yeah, I think so. Now again, it'll be how many of these kids will lose to UCLA. I don't know. That's interesting too. They're gonna need a quarterback, probably <laughs> at the very most in a, in a year. They're gonna need uh, either Jack Sears or, or Matt Fink or, or Corral, who they got coming in to to emerge to I replace. Say, but I think Helton can change and make it. Of course, Ronald Jones is gone too. So who's well? Your guy, Stephen Carr. My guy, it's my guy. Can, can he can he run it between the tap? He, oh, yeah. he fumbled tonight. We never saw him. We did. In fact, did we ever see him after the fumble? And I think that was his last carry. <laughs> <laughs> last carry. <laughs> well, Ronald Jones had 30 carries. That was his career high for Ronald Jones tonight. 30 wow, carries. 30 carries, yeah. The rest the, of- this last four games for Ronald Jones, his four highest carry totals of his career for the last four games. Yeah. They finally realized, hey, Ronald Jones is really good. Let's give it to him as many times as possible. That's, and that's, that's great. And I think, I mean, that's going to put well for him in the bowl game if, if, if he plays. And I'm glad so. He got him on record as saying he's playing in the bowl game. Okay. That's what he said. That was I, that was Joey Kaufman actually. The Orange County Register asked that. I was, I was just there. That, that, that was a good question. So we'll see. We'll see where they go now. But they've got no. They've got no beef about not being a CFP, and they won't beef. You know, they can they can talk all they want, but there's there's no there's no beef. They just again, you don't. Who's the best team they've beaten this year? Stanford and Stanford. Stanford. Yeah, that's it. Stanford and Stanford. Those are the best two teams. All right. So that's not going to. That's not going to pull weight with the committee. Yeah. All these other teams have much, much bigger wins. We were talking about how they got lucky not drawing Washington on the schedule this year. They actually got unlucky because we didn't know it was going to shake out where a two-loss team could get in. But I think if they beat Washington this year. Um, if they beat and, Murley or something when they were working yeah. any good. Or instead of like Oregon State, you yeah. know, they play Washington and, and get a win. It's at home. USC hasn't lost at home in two years. so they And, can, and it hurts them that Western Michigan turned out to be no good. Mm-hmm. And Texas was just average, yeah. so I heard them both. We were talking about this before the game, or actually maybe was it during the game. It's so weird in a year where there's no Rose Bowl. It almost feels like it's really weird. And the, and see, I don't think even 
until the fans look at our stories online tomorrow or pick up the paper, a lot of fans, I think, the casual fans, think they're going to the Rose Bowl. They don't get <laughs> it. Possible, yeah. They don't get it why there is no roses on the field tonight. They don't understand that. But it's once every three years the Rose Bowl gets that gets the San Simon final game, and that's the that's how they chose to stay relevant, to stay in the mix, to get the other, you know, to, you know, to stay part of the college football package. So that's the price they pay. So that's why it was interesting. Larry Scott, the Pac-12 commissioner, was asked whether he would want the playoffs to go from four games to eight, fourteens to eighteens, which everybody else seems to want. But he's like, no, he wants it to fourteens because he doesn't want to mess with the Rose Bowl. If it goes to eight teams, we lose the Rose Bowl every year. Every year the Rose Bowl becomes a playoff and not a Big Ten, Pac-12 game. Uh, Lynn Swan said the same thing. He said four teams is, is ideal. Um, it's so you really don't think that even in a playoff year, I mean, if they go to eight, it's more difficult. But even in a, like once every three years when, when the Rose Bowl is a playoff, can't they just use that as a venue and still do the Rose Bowl on no, New Year's yeah, Day? You, you tell that to the neighborhood people of Pasadena who fought to keep the NFL out. They're not going to have two games in there. It's too much. It's too much. Blaming Gary Klein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, me too. I live there. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. They, um, no, they don't, uh, they, they would not, the neighbors would never, they would never accept it. No, the one game's enough. It's big enough. They're not putting on two of those things back to back. Can we do some, like, revenue sharing from the game or something? Give them a little bit of kickback and, yeah, and uh, make it worth everyone's while? Because, I mean, it's just, like, the Pac 12 champion you also should have the, go you to the Rose Bowl. The, you also have the parade to think about, okay? How are you going to yeah. do it around the parade? And that's bigger than anything. That's bigger than anything. It's a yeah, parade. That's true. Yeah. Um, no, I love Pasadena's old-fashioned. I like that they're old, like they're like that, and uh, and I don't know what they would do with an eight-team thing. I don't know how that would work. But yeah, I know what you mean. Why can't USC go to the Rose Bowl this year and play the number two team in the Pac-12? And that's actually a pretty good. That's a fair question that I'm answering for what I believe to be the answer is here. But it's probably warrants some further investigation, you know, to see because because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's other reasons. But I think it's because Pasadena just doesn't want to. They don't want to do it twice, and I don't blame them. It's it's I guess it's kind of nice that there's a community that could stand up to big time college football. Well, that really doesn't I'm, have it. This is what I'm thinking, and I could be wrong. Maybe there's other other reasons, but um, or maybe they think it would devalue the Rose Bowl to play a college football game in the Rose Bowl that's not the Rose Bowl. But it's not the it's not about the Rose Bowl. But it's it about the be, playoff. No, but it's it about the playoff. Be, I'm going to be there, and it is going to be the Rose. I've, I've been there two three years ago. It was the Rose Bowl. Uh-huh. The players were pelted with roses. The players cried because they won the Rose Bowl. They all said it was cool for the Rose because it was it was the Rose Bowl. All right, fair e- even though the winner w- moved on, it was still the Rose Bowl. It still meant a lot to these kids, and that's I think they're worried about devaluing that. So if USC doesn't get this goal line stand in the fourth quarter, there was still a lot of time left. But I do, do you think Stanford I wins? Think, I don't think they win this game. I think you, you I think Stanford wins this game because USC gets panicky. And Darnold gets panicky, and Darnold's pretty good when he's panicky. Though. Yeah, but they can't give it to Rojo then as much, and Stanford's defense gets charged up. I don't know. You, you think Stanford should have gone for the field goal? No, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. You go for the win. You're one one yard away from the. Yeah, I don't. And, and they thought they could hold. They held USC. They thought they could hold USC back. They didn't think they could have a 99 yard drive. They held them down earlier in the second half. I turned to you and I said. They're not going to do this, but they should do like a play action boot or a play action at the tight end. And you were like, "No, nah, this is this is Stanford." And I kind of agree with that, well, but I think it would have worked. The problem is that we was talking to the players afterward. Also, when he said, "Yeah, we all knew they were going to run the ball because oh, it's yeah. Stanford," yeah. <laughs> so that kind of blows my thought theory to smithereens. But yes, that's that was their thing. They, uh, it is Stanford. It's who they are. And if they gotten beat on a boot. Nobody's talking about how they got beaten out. I mean, they're not they're talking. Nobody's questioning. They had to question the heck out of a bootleg. 
I think the head guy gets questioned, but I think they're more likely to win if they bootleg it. Because USC is not, they're selling out against the run. And everyone knew they were selling out against the run. I got a text from a buddy of mine who said, um, for such a brilliant coach, that was a stupid play call. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about David Shaw. So, yeah. so a, lot, a lot of people agree with you, but I just thought you got to go with what you are. What you are. If, he, remember, he, he did that in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. It, just a couple years ago. Against, who was it, against Penn State or uh, Wisconsin or Michigan State? Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah. And Michigan State won that, right? Yeah, Michigan State won the yeah. game. Yeah, he yeah. lost yeah. the game. Michigan he lost the game. He lost the game. So I guess he hasn't learned yeah. anything. Yeah. If Bryce Love doesn't get hurt, do you think – do you think that's a touchdown? Um, no, because that, that kid score, can score. It's all about the offensive line. Yeah, he got through. Owosu got through. Any, no matter who. They didn't had. block him. They didn't think. They didn't think he was on the. He was on the back side of the yeah, play. They didn't they, think they had to. Yeah, yeah. but he's he's so, uh, yeah. pretty athletic. Yeah, he's, he's NFL. People were yelling NFL first rounder around him when he was out there. Yeah. All right. So uh, we will be back. I'll, I'll have some interviews with, uh, with some of the players in the locker room. It was loud in there, uh, playing music, people uh, posing with the trophy, but still got some pretty good audio, I think. Uh, we'll also um, take some of your calls if, if you call. I, I forgot to tweet it, so uh, hopefully we still have a few calls. Um, but uh, that'll be coming up, so stick around. Here's the part of the program where I give you a preview of the coverage you can find in the LA Times. Bill Plaschke says you can't say this team underachieved. They won 11 games, won the Pac-12 championship, and the season is a success, he writes. And I write about the play or the plays on the goal line that in many ways will come to define USC's season. Be sure to check us out at latimes.com or pick up a paper. All right, let's go to the phone lines. We did get some calls, despite me not tweeting out the link. Uh, so first up is Michael from Phoenix. Here's Michael. Second time caller. Uh, enjoy reading your column in the Times. Uh, great game tonight. Uh, closer than I would have liked. Uh, just want to make sure that you give some some love to Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, I, I know that uh, Sam Darnold was the official uh, games MVP, the game's official MVP, but I, I believe that uh, no way SC wins that game without Michael Pittman Jr.'s performance, especially with Deontay Burnett, I think, being limited to one or two catches. So, anyway, man, make sure you give him some love. Fight on SC, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll catch up in, in the Fiesta Bowl. God bless. Fight on. Yeah, Plashke and I touched on this a little bit, but – what a game for Michael Pittman. Well, 146 yards, which is a Pac-12 record, seven receptions. Um, he had a big third down reception for 40 yards in the second quarter, led to a field goal. And, of course, he had that 54-yard catch from Sam Darnold uh, out of the end zone. And then right after that, came back the very next play and got another 12-yard reception uh, to really ice the game away. So he just had a monster game. And it's he's come so far in the past month. Uh, it was it was not that long ago. It was a little bit more than a month ago when his father was tweeting and mad about him not playing and saying he might transfer after the season. And then all of a sudden he starts the very next game. He's been in the starting lineup since and had his best game by far. Had one of the better receiving performances of the year. Um, Deontay Burnett has him by by a, a little bit on on a few, um, but one of the better receiving performances of the year for USC tonight. So he's really come a long way. All right, our next caller, last caller tonight is uh, 
Longtime caller, repeat caller, Cal from L.A. Here's Cal. Hey, Zach, it's Cal from L.A. I actually attended the game. What an amazing experience that was. USC played well enough to stay ahead, never fell behind, got tied, but somehow prevailed and came up with the plays that made it. Defense when it had to, offense when it had to. What uh, bowl game do you think SC is going to be playing in? It's going to be the Fiesta Bowl, almost certainly. Uh, it would be a pretty big shock if anything else happened, uh, particularly the playoff. Um, the interesting question is who the opponent will be. There's a lot of really interesting possibilities. I, I still think it's going to be Ohio State unless they sneak into the playoff, which as we've gone over. I don't think they should. I'm not convinced they will. Um, but that, that to me, seems the most likely. Um, two very good teams, two very good programs, and you get to keep the traditional Pac-12, Big Ten matchup going. It's like a mini Rose Bowl, just played in Phoenix um, and not in the Rose Bowl. Uh, but there, there are a couple other possibilities, which would also be really interesting. Uh, first is TCU. I think the Ohio State-USC matchup is a little bit more attractive than the TCU-USC matchup. Uh, and the other one is is Georgia. If Georgia loses to Auburn in the SEC championship game and doesn't make the playoff, Georgia could be an at-large team with uh, potentially the possibility to go to the Fiesta Bowl, which would also be a very interesting matchup. Uh, really good defensive team. It would be a chance to kind of see if the SEC is for real or not. Um, so that would also be an interesting matchup. But I think it's going to be Ohio State. And, and when I was talking during the week with, with Chris Hawkins, um, Chris Hawkins was hoping it was going to be Ohio State. Could be Penn State again, but he was, he was like, we already beat them. Why do we need to play them again? Uh, I think he was looking forward to having the chance to play a really big program. He said USC was having was looking forward to having the opportunity to play a big program like Ohio State. So I think that's the most likely. Um, speaking of Chris Hawkins, Chris Hawkins just had a monster day today. He, he led USC with 13 tackles. Um, that was double. The next closest guy, Cameron Smith, had six, um, so a little bit more than double what the second-place leading tackler had. Um, he had two tackles for loss. He had a forced fumble. It was one of his better games. He, he made a really nice play on the goal line, on that goal line stand. Um, so Chris Hawkins is a player that the reporters love because he's the best talker on the team. He's a really intelligent guy, um, answers questions kind of honestly, and um, – you know, pretty straightforward, and he's always a guy that you see quoted a lot uh, in stories just because he's a, he's a good quote, and uh, he's good at breaking down. He's one of the smarter football players on the team, just football-wise. Um, really, really knows kind of the game in and out, so he's always a guy that people go to um, time and again. Um, but a, a sad note tonight, he, he was playing um, just a few hours, actually, after the death of his grandmother. His grandmother had... Uh, breast cancer, and he found out only the night before the game. So he was uh, emotional when we were talking with him after the game. Um, so I want to give you a little bit of a, a clip of that so you could hear that. So here's Chris. You came, you, you came down with one end, one end zone, kind of spent some time by yourself. Mm -hmm. Is that something you normally do, or you just, was that part of the saber? And kind of uh, uh, I usually just go down there, you know, sock the bag a little bit, but I spent some extra time down there. Uh, my grandma passed away last night. And so I was just thinking about her, you know, thinking about all the, you know, the past experience I've had with her. You know, this is my first game where she wasn't going to be watching, except from, you know, up above. So, you know, I just spent some time. I think you saw me crying a little bit down there. So, you know, I just wanted to, you know, talk to her for a little bit. 
Next up, I want to play you a, a good chunk of Clay Helton's press conference. This is about as, as interesting and animated uh, and as good of a press conference as, as you get with, with Clay Helton. Uh, he talked about the decision to go for it on fourth and two at the end of the game rather than punt. He talked about the goal line stand. He talked about how you view the season, whether it's success, whether it's not. Uh, and he also talked about his feelings on whether USC should be considered for the playoff. So it's a little bit longer than normal, but I think it's good stuff. So here's Clay. Coach, on fourth and two, were you going for it all the way? Yes. And just kind of describe what you were thinking you know, for that, that Wanted play. Wanted to control our own destiny. We were playing for a Pac-12 title, and there was no question in my mind that uh, we were going to go for it and, and end the game right there. Can you uh, walk us through your emotions on that on that fourth down stop on the other end? Um, just I think just being prideful. I, I don't know how many snaps that we were down there. You know, we we end up getting a, a, a penalty that puts them on the six, and then um, they get down to look like the one inch line and the hold right there. I mean, you're talking about one of the best short yardage run teams there is in the world. Um, and for our defense to hold the line, um, not once but twice there on the one, man, just they found a way. Um, proud of these guys. They're unbelievable. Uh, Coach, did you feel like this, this game was sort of like a uh, microcosm of the season where things didn't exactly go right the whole time, but you were able to pull it out in the end? Um, uh, Sam and I were just talking. We just find ways to win as a football team. And, um, you know, it's hard to win in the Pac-12. You've got nine teams that are bowl eligible. Um, and, you know, Stanford is a class act bunch um, that wanted a championship just as bad as, bad as us. We knew it would be a fourth quarter game. Uh, it would be four quarters. And credit to these guys. I mean, you go all the way through the season. How they just finish games is amazing to me. They're the best finishing bunch I've been associated with in my 23 years of college coaching. They just find ways to win, um, and that's the name of the game. Um, uh, nobody will remember the scores uh, 10 years from now, but they will remember that these kids were Pac-12 champions. I just want to ask if you wanted to make a case, Coach, for you guys in the Final Four. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you're sitting here as a champion. Uh, I think that's important uh, is, you know, there are going to be a lot of games that happen tomorrow that are going to decide the future for a lot of football teams. But we sit here with 11 wins. We sit here as a conference champion. We sit here with an unbelievable strength of schedule um, and have the opportunity to, to show on national TV, I think we were the only game on, who we are. Um, obviously, we're going to, the reality is we'll need some help. Um, but if you look up and there's four teams that are two lost champions, cha uh, conference champions, I think we deserve to be in the discussion, uh, especially the way these guys have finished the season. They're hot right now and they're playing good football. And lastly, we talked about with Bill, uh, Ronald Jones saying that he was going to play in the bowl game, wanted to let you hear it from the man himself. And also, in the beginning, he's talking about his uh, NFL draft plans or not plans. Uh, so here's that short clip. Here's Ronald Jones. I want to finish up school. I want to get bigger. But uh, if that opportunity is there, too, <laughs> I definitely got to go get that. You play in the bowl games? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I can't, yeah, can't go out like that. So that'll do it for USC Overtime. The call you heard at the beginning of the program was Joe Tessitore, Todd Blackledge, and Holly Rowe for ESPN. Before we go, I have a bittersweet programming note. Uh, this is going to be my last USC Overtime and my last game for the LA Times. 
I am going to be moving to a new job in New York with the New Yorker magazine. Um, but it's it's bittersweet for me because I've absolutely loved pretty much every minute of living in Los Angeles and working for the Times. And uh, there's a lot of people that I'm going to miss here, many of, of which were, were on the podcast from Bill and Dylan and, and really everyone I've, I've worked with at the Times uh, who've become my friends. Uh, and I'm also going to miss all of you who called into the show and sent me emails or, or sent me tweets, uh, some of them angry, some of them nasty, some of them not. Um, or any of you who just took the time to read and listen, um, all you can ask for in this job is that you write about things that people care about and people really care about USC. It means a lot to a lot of people here and it's just really gratifying to, to hear from you and know that everyone is, is reading and following along and it made the job a real privilege. So to you right now listening, I say thank you and goodbye. (laughs) 